Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of the Gorilla Social Work Podcast. This episode of the podcast, as always, is brought to you by Alpha Counseling and Treatment. Alpha Counseling is the largest and most respected provider for justice-involved clients in need of sexual offense-specific treatment services. Alpha is also a JRI-certified agency providing moral recognition therapy and substance use disorder treatment to justice-involved clients. You can be confident that the treatment you will receive with Alpha will help keep you out of the criminal justice system. Alpha clinical professionals are trained and certified in cognitive behavioral interventions for sexual offending. This evidence-based program teaches participants strategies for avoiding sexual offending and related behaviors. The program places heavy emphasis on skill-building activities to assist with cognitive, social, emotional, and coping skills development. Visit their website today, utahsbesttherapy.com, or you can call them directly at 801-645-5455. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Triple S. Triple S provides scientific outcome measures for clinicians in the field of behavioral health. Outcome measures provide direction for both clients and treatment providers using evidence-based practice. Any program not using outcome measures to track their client's progress and success has been scientifically proven to be less effective. Last but not least, episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Hottywear. Overall, do you like to be left alone when you're working out? Can't stand when people come up and try to chat with you, interrupt your routine? Well, Hottywear is active wear for people who just want to work out without all the small talk and the nonsense. Let the apparel do the talking for you. Check them out on Instagram. That's Hottywear, which is H-A-U-G-H-T-Y, wear, W-E-A-R, Hottywear. All right, episode today, we are going to have the wonderful, the great Jan Wojciechowski on here, or more commonly known as J-Wo. She was polite enough to stop by and join us on the show. So today, we're going to be talking about working with female clients or female sex offenders. Enjoy. Well, the one I have, yeah, I hung it in group. It's funny, no one even notices. Yeah. I, I think they just see it's an inspirational post and they don't read it. But it's like a, in the background, it's like a forest and a path and it's kind of like darkened out and then there's words on it. And then one, like in this nice font, just says wonderful. Yeah. Then there's more, but it says, just remember something wonderful will probably never happen. <laughs> that's all it says. Like, I love that. I haven't noticed that. Yeah. Which group is that in? Well, I took it down, but I had oh. to hang up in group. I was like, yeah, I want to put some more inspirational stuff. And like, <laughs> it was up there for it. a week. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. cool, man. I was like, did you read it? Uh, Wait, uh, I haven't looked for a while. Do you still have all the Nicolas Cage stuff? Yeah, up? that's up there. That's funny yeah. you said that because I had a client. I, I love seeing the reaction sometimes because I've met in there. I don't normally sit in there. Yeah. But this guy comes in. He's like, yeah, I like those pictures. That's cool. And I was like, yeah, just kind of I don't know, vintage vibe in this office or whatever. And he, like, puts it, he puts his finger right on the face and he's like, that's a good picture that Albert Einstein one. That's a famous one. I'm all, I'm all, I just go, is it? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm all, does it look like him? He's all, no. Who is that? Like, it's Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Uh. Close. Oh, here, I got to get my phone. You're going to throw up? Yeah. 
Are we on yet? Are we yeah. live? Yeah. I still want to have a fake group one day. We really are live? We're, yeah. What do you mean, fake group? Where you just like, part of it, you just spout off stuff that is obviously bullshit, but you're just like all confident about it. <laughs> like, oh. like make up like stupid statistics. Yeah, like facts yeah. and stuff. I'm like... Parakeets. So, so, yeah, so the whole thing the is... Piranhas of the yeah. sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Respon- <laughs> responsible for more deaths than the plague. Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees combined. (laughs) What? what? (laughs) Wait. People in group are like furiously writing notes down. (laughs) Yeah. It would be a good way to see if people are paying attention in group. You you could turn that into a website, though, or a podcast, like wildly inaccurate historical facts. Like that's the name of your website. Wildly inaccurate historical facts. How how often in a group do you guys have someone says, like they're giving someone feedback, they're all, dude, the definition of insanity is doing this at home. Yeah. Oh, not. I man, I it's I can not. I can doing the same thing over and over. Well, the funny uh, thing, the funny. Have you heard that? You've oh, heard yeah. that before, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Lots. Oh, dude, we should introduce our guest, the great and powerful Jen Wojcikowski. Is powerful. Wojcikowski, dude. <laughs> I'm an expert at spelling her last name now. It took me a while. Whereas before, I couldn't even. Where's that? What's the origin mm-hmm. of that? Where's that from? It is Polish. So Polish. You got to get. Jokes. You got to get closer to that microphone. By the way. All right. You, you can pull it closer to you. Wait. Did you say Polish you. jokes? Yeah, I said. I no wasn't going to go jokes. there. All right. Yeah. Do you have some? I don't. You don't have any good <laughs> Polish jokes? Uh, I don't. Yeah. You, you would be like totally allowed to say whatever you want, right? Probably because yeah. you're Polish, I don't have any, though. right? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, actually comes in handy sometimes. <laughs> was it wasn't the <laughs> reputation that like like Polacks are dumb? Isn't that isn't that uh-huh, like every yeah. joke spinned around oh, to make dude. like if you're from Poland you're like dumb, right? Now our comment section is going to light up because Jeff just said Polacks are dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess the words Polacks are dumb did come out of my mouth with like, isn't this the case? I'm not yeah, you better watch out. The, of it. Hopefully, my dad's not listening to this. Is yeah. po- is po- <laughs> He'll hit me up in the comment. Mr. Wojcikowski, I'm sorry. Is Polak your daughter's smart? At least (laughs) is Polak a racist term? No, it's uh, it means you're from Poland. I think I don't know, dude. Is it racist? Well, I can look up on the racial slur database. But I'm a white boy, so did you know that? that Give me a pass. (laughs) I don't know. Here, should we look it up? I'm gonna look it up. I don't know if anybody listening to this knew that, but there is a racial slur database. And the funniest thing the is it's a, it's a dot .org. It's www.rsdb.org. We should probably clarify we're not sponsored by the <laughs> no. racial slur database. Nor do we, nor do we endorse <laughs> nor do we the endorse. racial slur database. It is a fairly interesting website, though. Sorry to use that word, interesting. Yeah. Well, mm, interesting. Well, as you as you start yeah, right thing. here yeah. says Polak, P O L O C K or P O L A K. And it says uh I didn't even know how to spell Polish it. Polish for <laughs> Polish man, correctly spelled as P O L A K. Well, yeah. I don't know. Slur. <laughs> I love I love these other ones. <laughs> Chuck, cleaning lady, DP, Hunyak, Lock, Pole, Polski, Rod, Skier. Skier. right now. Uh. I love a lot of Polish na- last names end with ski. Wojciechowski. Uh, ah! There you go. Yep. Oh. Got Either it. Polish or Russian. Either way. Skier. Oh, yeah. Skier. Skier. There it is. Yeah. Hey, wow. See? Tell me. Racial Sir database. None of those seem like they would really sting. Like, Do you feel hurt no, by any no. of those that no. you just read? Yeah. Not at all. I love cleaning lady. There are many Polish cleaning ladies because it gives you reasons oh, and origins. Good. Okay. I was <laughs> wondering about that, how many there were. They, it's, it is kind of... Like it's crazy because they have, it's not even like races. It's like countries. They have a some for everything. 
I don't know. Well, when something gets used as an insult, like retard, mm-hmm. obviously got turned oh, yeah. into an insult and then taken out of like, medical terminology. Yeah, you got switch. You can't say it medically or socially. Yeah, right? switch yeah. that up now. So, so so far, we said Pollock and retard. Yeah, on this Dumb. on this pod, and <laughs> yeah, yeah like, let's, let's, we're tra- we're trying so to get viewers or listeners. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. say yeah. awful things. Well, uh. So, so Jennifer Wojcikowski, we'll just say Jen, J-Wo is what we call her, right? How often yeah. do you meet someone right out of the gate and they get your name spot on? Never. I didn't, I wouldn't yeah, even unless. try it. I wouldn't even try it. <laughs> Never. Uh, yeah. I Spelling or, and or pronunciation. They just yeah. don't get it. They just don't get it. Yeah. It's always, how, how do could you say you your last name? It? Has anybody oh. given you the nickname J-Wo until us? Um, I think I have one before. Yeah, once before <sighs> I've had J Lo, J Wo, J Lo, Little Wo. You did get J Wo. Whatever. They must have been really clever people. Yeah. 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 You guys were. J Wo's oh. way better. That's us. Because because Alpha's by far and away the best company you've worked it for, is, right? That's, for sure. That's yeah. Right. No, I love Alpha for no, sure. I uh, I've I've genuinely like more people than not from other companies like that. Jen's worked for have always just said, "Oh yeah, you guys got Jennifer Wojcikowski working for you. She's the greatest." I'm surprised. That's true. Where are these people? I don't talk to anybody. Don't act <laughs> modest. Come on now. A <laughs> L- lot of probation oh. officers yeah. told us that we got a steal when we oh. hired you on. Yeah, oh. I've had talked to like former workers, and they're just like, "Oh, she's great. She's great." And starting to get teary eyed and shit. I'm like, "Jeez." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh. "I was like, I can't, I can't wait to see what people say about me." Like, oh. <laughs> It's pure disgust. Uh, They always mention your biceps. That's, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, my plastic surgeon did a great job. Did a great, that's Uh. it. Nothing, nothing intelligent to add to it. Just he's got good biceps. He dresses nice. Yeah. Speaking of which, do you, so you don't, you really don't watch any UFC at all? I don't. You should, dude. I don't watch many sports other than soccer. You should, it's UFC's this weekend at your place, right? Yeah, I yeah. would. I'm not against it. Dude, I don't you should, you normally come up. pick what we watch on. Why are you TV, so, so anti UFC? This would be. Yeah, we watch like the Kardashians and stuff. Oh, close. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, you probably do. <laughs> no, you this would, sometimes this uh, weekend you're invited. That this would actually be a good card to come because there's these two heavyweight kingpins. One of them's kind of got like the underpinnings of like being the next Tyson. Oh, really? In Utah? In what way? (laughs) Well, his house is in Utah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If that's what you meant. (laughs) In what way is he like Tyson? Yeah, what's he going to do? Never mind. He's a crushing right hand. It's a bad joke. He's going to end up in prison. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You're predicting Uh, that he's going to rape somebody. That's where I was going with that, yeah. Uh, Oh, you're watching at your house. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you should no. come up. In, I'm actually in, scared to watch that fight. It's going to be awesome. Why? It's, it's going to be someone's going to get killed. No, I think I, I don't know. I don't know. He turned a I think Steve Overeem it. into a Pez dispenser. I know, Bad. but I know, but dude, Overeem, did you hear uh, Joe Rogan's podcast when they were going over all the times when Overeem's been knocked out? It hasn't been a ton. It's been a lot, man. It's like twelve, and so, and I, I just think he and he was fighting silly too. I mean, there was part he's trying to get him to open up. I mean, I'm not a fight expert. I'm just saying, I don't think Stipe is going to allow that. Oh, to I don't happen. think so. I'm just saying, hands are going to fly. Well, let's go on record then. Who, who's going to win? I, I, I say Stipe wins. Uh, hold on, hold on. I, I don't know how to say the guy's name. You know what? This is so funny. This dude, I'm telling you, he does this dumb shit when it comes to these fights. 
So he 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 does this thing where where no matter what he comes out on top. He says, "I think Engano is going to win, but I want Stipe." Isn't that isn't that okay? Open, huh? No, How's it that isn't. Not okay? It isn't because because that no, means I'd be a good gambler. Because you're no, you're so. I don't so, bet with my heart, okay, dude. If you bet on both of them, you just break even, you dummy. But I wouldn't bet on both of them. Oh my what, goodness! What saying, he would want to bet on yeah. one, but he would bet on the other. Yeah, that's an easy concept to understand, dummy. Dude, no, it, it's 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 like no matter <laughs> what, no matter what, you're like, oh, see, <laughs> you Pollock, I re- Pollock. I, re- <laughs> I really wanted him to win, and anyone, oh, lucky yeah. me, yeah. But like, so and then if the other, see, I told you guys, I told you he was gonna win. I didn't want it, but I knew it. I knew. <laughs> Remember back when we used to put money on the fights? Oh, yeah. Who won? I know you did. Every time, right? Yeah. Every time? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. About we we did that twice, but okay. So, <laughs> so two Remember times you got it. <laughs> what, how do you say the other dude's name? Nagano? It, Francis Ngano. Ngano and Miosic. I think he's yeah, got it. Stipe Miosic. I think he's going to clock it's the, it. Uh, it's the, oh, it's perfect. So go on record, Mace. So it's the, mm-hmm. I want Stipe to win. Okay. And yeah. And, and yeah, but who do you think is going to win? I think Stipe, I think Stipe's pedigree up until this point, Francis Ngannou has had some really good knockouts, um, but I think the the caliber of fighter that Stipe, Stipe's had some legit wins, dude, mm-hmm. like legit up to that point. Like he's gone through some badasses. And so yeah. I think, and they've all been legit wins. Like they haven't been like, you know, yeah. bullshit wins. They, they've all been really good victories. So I think, Based off that, he has a better pedigree. Had he not got that knockout, I don't even know if he'd be fighting for the title right now. But he got that knockout, and that's right. kind of how things oh, happen. Yeah, definitely sealed it. For yeah. sure. I mean, he's a killer for sure. But, I mean, you know. Well, it's kind of like maybe untested a bit against, like, elite yeah. opponents. It'll be perfect for you, though, to come to this if you could. Because it's, no, that'd be fun. it's the oh. night of of really hard names to pronounce. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Then yeah. they must be really good. Yeah. <laughs> You'd fit right. What, yeah. What's the town? What's the town where you live? It's some. It's like Marriott Slatersville. It's the worst thing to write oh, on yeah. an envelope. That, I, that's that. I don't get that at it's all. It's like industrial. I, I found a hack. It, a hack is I can still write Ogden. I can still claim Ogden. My yeah, original set. You know, if I put eight four, my zip code. Yeah. Oh, same yeah. thing with same thing with <laughs> yeah. same thing with Pleasant View. You can say Ogden. It's the Greater Ogden area. Really? I, I wonder how that name came about. What I a, just learned this. I know, but Marius what a dumb name. No, it was like you know two, what I, no, it was the two founders Marius of the city Slater from what I understand. So, yeah. they, couldn't, they couldn't shorten it. So, uh. so yeah. the owner of Marriott Hotels came in there and bought the city, but A.C. Slater from his <laughs> Saved by the Bell owned it first, and he wasn't willing to give that, it up. That would be cool. So this is Slaterville. <laughs> So then they just agreed Marriott Slaterville's <laughs> ugliest name ever. Yeah. Like, awful. <laughs> so is UFC like jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and boxing? Is that That's like, pretty good. All of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All of it. Yeah. Right. Mixed yeah. martial arts. Yeah. Pretty no, good I think that'd be fun to well, yeah, actually do it. Well, yeah, not to not to mention, plus it would be like, I mean, you get to see us in the... I don't know, though. Sometimes I worry. Although Jen's, She's already seen us. Yeah, 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 we did go to Cincinnati together. Jen, the Reds, <laughs> yeah, we went to the Reds game. <laughs> She's still here <laughs> and smiling and somehow. And we didn't watch. Goodness uh, gracious. I think, yeah, that was that was a rough night, dude. I, I Well, and it's good that Ryan was still, I mean, Ryan's still, Ryan Stokes is our. Good driver. Yeah. He's our program supervisor <laughs> out of the Orem office, and he still really likes us, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Good therapist, good driver. That's R- remember, that's how, <laughs> remember, that's how, like, when we were, if you ever dated a girl, that's how you tested it. Is like everybody brought her over to a UFC fight, and yeah. then everybody amped it up, like amped up all of the nonsense that we spout off. And then if that girl came back, then maybe she could hack it. That's what they could put up with. Solid yeah. litmus test. Yeah, uh, that was a that was huh. back in the day. That was good stuff, though. So, well, um, so 
what are we talking about tonight? What's the, what are we, we doing? Well, I mean, we could talk about I mean, J Woe's experience or just you know female offenders in general. She wasn't you weren't prepared to talk about oh, yeah. female offenders so, specifically, yeah. but I mean it's I mean, yeah, it, it's something about it. It's something we haven't addressed Not an expert, yet. But. And I did have a friend that listens to our podcast. She hasn't written in yet, but she did ask for information on that. She was curious as to what the I don't even know if anybody here knows this, but like what the actual percentages are compared to male offenders but also how treatment might differ i remember uh years ago like probably when i probably before i was even a therapist i think i was working as a tracker for a company and one of the one of the young girls i was tasked with making sure went to school was uh she she was in charge she was in trouble for doing something sexual with somebody and so i was interested in it so i bought a book on female offenders and i think it was written in the early nineties. And I'm sure that the, the information on that is long since obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, did they talk about trauma? (laughs) (laughs) Actually? Yes. That that, that was actually the emphasis of it Uh, was trauma. I I mean, I know you were talking some shit to get a dig at Mace there, (laughs) but but actually, yeah, it was. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised. So yeah, no, I think that happens quite a bit when it comes to female offenders where that's a lot of the focus and not because, I mean, they're the ones who are bringing up obviously. So, so what do you do to navigate that? Cause I mean, there's this, and I mean, we, we've talked about whether or not sex offense responsibility is really all that important or exactly how much it predicts risk or not in another podcast. But like with uh, one thing, and I know you were kind of, you've, You've been doing this for a while. You kind of have, you were brought up kind of with the old school, traditional mental health therapy yeah. or sex offense specific therapy. And so right. start there before you ask your question, like what, what, your experience up to this point, because people will be interested in that. Oh uh, yeah. I guess then hold on. To your so, question, someone though. remind me to come back around to talk about this. Yeah. All right. I'll get you there. All right. So I'm talking about my experience. Yeah. We're just, uh, we're okay. just, yeah. Start. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. Just recite your resume. Okay. Hurry. Well, let's see. I uh, got my master's at the University of Utah, um, but prior to that, I actually was a DCFS caseworker. Case what was that like? And I think that job prepared me for just about anything. Ugh. So um, I worked for DCFS, I think, for about five years and um, used to do like interviews with children of sexual abuse, basically would go to the Children's Justice Center and do interviews there and um, think that, I, you know, initially I was like, oh, I really want to work with children. And <laughs> and then I uh, went and got my master's and started We probably should, we probably should explain oh, your awkward oh, okay. laugh because we don't have videos. <laughs> we, were, we were finger-wagging at Jeff yeah. for, for yeah, making was, noises. That, so, was a, that was a poorly timed laugh. <laughs> Sorry. I interview children about Sorry, being yeah. sexually abused. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, we That's should not, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was making a note to myself to Maybe remember I to talk look to at Jen. You guys when I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good, good. Oh, good. No. I'm going to go over here yeah. and talk to myself. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I Sorry, won't distract I you. Yeah. By the way, you can yeah, turn, you can turn that microphone. Okay. You, don't, you don't have to move. You can turn it straight to your. Just turn that frown upside down. There you go. Whatever works for you, yeah. Okay, so where was I? You were working for DCFS. Okay, yeah, Yeah. so working for DCFS, used to do, like, um, child abuse investigations, and then decided to go get my master's degree. Um, 
And first job right out of the gate, I was working with child abuse victims, and that was really tough. And uh, after I was uh, started doing that, um, slowly my supervisor asked me about what I thought about working with you know sex offenders just in general, and I was like, well, sure, they at least have to show up. So cause that was a so you were pretty open just... to that right off the bat, though. Yeah. I think some uh-huh. people would have a hard time not taking a bias out of that of thinking. You know, I'm working on the opposite mm-hmm. end with victims. I mean, it was never my goal. I was never like, oh, yeah, I want to work with sex offenders, but um, I actually really enjoy it. Um, so started working at ISAT. Um, I was surprised when I first got a female offender. I mean, obviously, it was kind of rare. It didn't happen very often. We didn't even have a a women's group when I first started there. But then I moved out to the prison, and, you know, they were starting to get a a woman's group started there, but um, there wasn't always enough women to participate. Then I went out to uh, Region 3, and right when I got there, it was a a need. And so we put together a women's group, and it's been there now for, I think, like five, six years. What's Region 3, just for anybody listening? So Region 3 is um, the state funded uh, sex offender treatment program for the Utah Department of Corrections in Salt Lake City. So So state funded meaning. So what would someone in in that aspect, what criteria would they have to meet in order to be able to get treatment there? You messed up. Um, Living in the homeless shelter, uh, high risk, um, felled out of other treatment programs. So in other words, these are sometimes indigent offenders that the state is recognizing, um, are nevertheless in the community and that need treatment. And so there's, they've allocated resources to pay for this treatment to reduce their risk to the community. As right. A, okay. Yep. All uh, right. Good. All said right. that very well. You read that from... <laughs> no. He's got, he's, got a, he's got some blurb pulled up there. Yeah. He's reading from I got there. stuff like, pulled up, but it ain't about that. <laughs> I, got, I got questions. Come yeah. <laughs> so coming back... Okay, so... Uh, and, then, uh, and then we... And then yeah, we answer your question. Yeah, and then we got the man. Do you remember? Do you remember when when we just called? I text you. I think I was like, "Hey, Jen, can you talk tonight?" And yeah, I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was that like? Like when we? I was when, like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, when we were trying to <laughs> when we were trying to swoop on you because we were like because honestly when we got that contract when Alpha took over that contract I mean we I mean everybody in there said you need to lock down Jen Wojcikowski. Oh, that was and, nice. Yeah, everybody did. Mm-hmm. Homeboy right here, Jeff. He was trying to get this old other dude, and I was like, "Nah, no, no, we got to go with Jen." So then I was, which was <laughs> the, I'm not saying yeah. did I? I didn't say anybody's name, okay. dude. You're about to though. So anyway, oh man, so that night, so that night I was like, "Let's just call her. Let's just call her." I was like, "Once she meets us, she'll be hooked." Because <laughs> I think I had already met Jeff and Adam. Yeah, because didn't you guys come out and come to one of the groups? <clears throat> I did. Oh, yeah, okay. I was there. Well, yeah, we went to that group. Well, that was a big part of it too. Is so oh, we actually yeah, went I and remember. sat in so on your group. It was mm-hmm. and it was actually a women's group that we sat That's in. That's right. On. I remember. And so it was me and Mace and Adam and Mike, the the other owners, and we were kind of just sitting back watching watching denim. We, we really showed up for the clients. We were like, okay, well, it'd be good for the clients to kind of see who the new dudes are, and they can get a feel for us and. You know, Jen was leading groups, so she kind of took us through introductions, and we got to introduce ourselves and let the 
I guess let them know. And Jen vouched for us. She said, "Yeah, I looked Alpha Counseling up on the website. They they're legitimate. They're real. That you're in good hands." So she's being very nice. This is well before we had pulled you on board. And uh, I forget if the women said something to Adam or was it you, Mace, where they 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 were not feeling us, and they said, "No, you need to." That they told yeah. one of you guys. Adam was Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah? He definitely. Adam. I mean, I love Adam, but he certainly can. <laughs> based on his humor, can rub people the wrong way almost immediately. <laughs> but nothing against him. He just, that's just... Uh, um, I think they asked if you had a female therapist or something like that. That was yeah. critical, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I would say a lot of people that I trust had said that you were um, definitely the person to to keep on board. So I'm really grateful we were able to keep you on board. We were able to convince Me you. too. Sweet been, talk to you. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. It will be continue to be fun. So, especially next weekend, Jeff's house, Marriott Slaterville. <laughs> so, uh, going back to your question, so you were yeah, I was just wondering. I don't even know what you're going to ask. Well, yeah, yeah I, I was. You, we were talking about your early days, kind of with tr- the way that traditional sex offender therapy is. They're very all about accountability, right? Own your offense, and I, I know that up until fairly recently, it was almost a a vice or considered taboo to allow the the offender to work on their trauma while they're in treatment the, with mm-hmm. the thinking being that they're, they're in treatment to work on not reoffending on their victim. We don't focus on them. We focus on, you know, so they, they need to, they can work on their trauma in their own time. So I, I'm, I've heard that before. Okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that you've yeah. heard. Okay. So I, but, but in knowing how important it is to focus on that, especially maybe with women, like, I guess, how did you navigate that or how do you navigate that in Mm. therapy? Um, I just let it come up if they bring it up, you know? So I, you know, obviously had the old school program at first where it was like, Oh no, you have to admit that you committed your crime and talk about that first. But, um, and I would say women have a harder time doing that. Like they are really good. Like just will hold on to something forever. You're saying oh. guys, guys are a little bit more male to give it up. I would say males yeah. mm-hmm. ready to give it up. <laughs> in every, in every what are you doing? In males are quicker to give it up for sure. It's so, <laughs> so, not news, Jen. So males, yeah. males are much are, are more in your experience. Males are, are more apt to come forward with accountability about their offense. Absolutely. Okay. And that's a good way to word it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, so, and, uh, okay, so, so, what, I mean, what is it? They just are, like, the females a little I, bit more gamey about know, it, or? Oh, I don't know, sometimes, but I think it's also just maybe harder for them <laughs> to bring it up, you know, a lot of shame and guilt. Um, I mean, I think men experience that, too, but just, like, actually admitting that they would do something like that. I mean, I, I think yeah. that... For a woman, it's really hard to acknowledge committing some sort of sexual offense. Oh, correct. Yeah, you know? it's, I mean, because women, it's not. Well, it's not as common either. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. How well, bad does it have to society, be? Society yeah. like thinks, oh yeah, you know, I think they downplay it a little bit, but like I a, would say the women though, it's more difficult for them to be like, I'm a, a sex offender. There's a bias know? big time about mm-hmm. it. I mean, because I've had a handful of female clients in the past and. They've they've said I'm not a sex offender, you know. So that term, sex offender, a right. lot of baggage, a lot of yeah. stigma yeah. attached to that. It's difficult to to get to that point. And I think, okay, 
So, you know, I am one who has committed a sexual offense. Okay, well, I mean, however you want to word it, right? I yeah. mean, so when I say the term mm-hmm. sex offender, I'm, I'm not trying to be... That's pretty loose, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm just trying to... It's just cement. It's an easy word to... Mm-hmm. You know, it's an easy term, and we're all on the same page about these things. But I, I do agree. I think they have a hard time getting to that point, right? right. Yeah. And, and it is. It, it's a rarity. Um, Justin, were you asking about this earlier, about how many? Mm-hmm. Were you saying? I think Jeff mentioned that. So I, I was pulling up. This was... Um, the Center for Sex Offender Management, um, which is a, a project of the Are Office of Justice Programs, yeah, the U.S. Department of Justice, and the title of this article was Female Sex Offenders. It was written in March 2007, so the data may be a little old, but this is the most, so it says the extent of offending females. Let's read this first two paragraphs. It says, because sexual victimization is significantly underreported overall, reliable information about the incidence of sex crimes committed by females is difficult to obtain. Nonetheless, a variety of sources can collectively provide a working estimate of the scope of the problem, including arrest trend census and caseload data from criminal and juvenile justice agencies, representation of the sex offender treatment programs, and victimization reports. National criminal justice statistics reveal that of all adults and juveniles who come to the attention of the authorities for sex crimes, females account for less than 10% of these cases. That was cited by the FBI in 2006. You could have just said that. Ten <clears> percent. <throat> Specifically, well, no. Anticipation. Well, I'm giving them. I'm giving words, folks, words, words. Ten percent. Specifically, arrests of women represent only one percent of all adult arrests for forcible rape. Six percent of all adult arrests for other sexual offenses. Um, adolescents are responsible for three percent of forcible rape cases and five percent of other violent offenses. So, and 19% of all nonviolent offenses hadn't by the juvenile courts. But So, I mean, significantly lower. Yeah. Although I have heard a thing, um, and I don't know, I, I believe I read this in the um, uh, Civics Research Institute on sex offenders. I think, is that some, it's a blue book? It's that blue I don't know. That, you know what I'm talking about, that blue book that... Um, <laughs> like Kelly... <laughs> Kelly Blue Book. <laughs> no. Anyway, they were saying in that 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 uh, the female sex offender population, in terms of growth, right, um, percentage percentage mm-hmm. on year by year basis, is the fastest growing population um, in terms of the, all sex offenders across the board, uh, regardless of of what their crime right. is. That females are the fastest growing uh, population. What What's that though? Is that is the that they're doing it more? It's getting <clears throat> recognized more. I mean, I don't know if we'd know that or if well, we could know that. I think uh, maybe more we're more like willing to acknowledge that women sometimes do this more than we think. Yeah, it's kind of if you look and I wonder I mean, I I wonder what Jen's take is on this. But this is my personal take is I look at uh, I don't know. The Internet. uh, Well, look back when we were in high school. Right. Look back when we were in high school. I mean, you never heard about a female sex offender. We heard about sex offenders, but you never heard about female sex offenders. And then all of a sudden there was a huge I don't know, seemed like an epidemic. And it was all of these, um, and you know, it was on 2020 and Dayline, all this mm-hmm. other stuff of of where it was the female um, teacher? teacher sleeping with their student. Oh. And so I have to ask, well, okay, so what? Is there something in the water nowadays or something? And I And my suspicion is, no, people are just paying more attention to that over time. There's not, I mean, since there has been students and teachers, there's been teachers sleeping with students. Wasn't there a song about it in the 80s? <laughs> Offer teacher? Well, 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think there's so much more contact with like a teacher and students now, you know, I mean, I think the internet's opened the door to like oh, yeah. Facebook and, you know, you used to just see your teacher at school and maybe at the grocery store and it was like, oh, there's my teacher, you know, yeah. and now it's, you know, there's more contact. It's, oh, well, you know, email back and forth. and Text message. Yeah. Yeah. So the potential, that, that might have Crosses something. Crosses the line. I mean, yeah. I've, I've seen that. A lot with, I mean, not with all of my female offenders, but I would say that's a common thing where, you know, they're friends on Facebook and then, you know, start private chatting and, you know, might be a teacher or, you know, a, your um, son's friend or something, yeah. you know, so there's just not as many oh, yeah. boundaries these days, you know, certainly you can have tech, contact with anybody. Certainly so. text messages. Oh, yeah. Like certainly, I mean, the... Um, the two the I've worked with in on an individual basis three female offenders and um well I, I guess the juveniles but I'm in adult ones and of those it all originated from text messages and then it would just kind of went from there and over mm-hmm. time certainly there was an emotional connection right yeah and they kind of overlooked the age and you right. know so on and so forth no pedophiles with female offenders I would say I mean I don't see that very often yeah what, what what do you see just in your own experience i, I know it, like i know you can't probably quote stats off your head but just what, what's the typical mo mm, i don't i mean i think resentment comes up a lot that um you know uh unhealthy relationship and so um trying to get somebody back so you end up Sleeping with a teenager or something. Okay. Um, polygamy sometimes. I've seen that quite a bit. That was a lot of the prison. But polygamy with the female being in the offender role? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Well, Just is... kind of co-offending with, um, you know, the older husband. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, kind of a I would never have there. guessed that. So, yeah, no, that comes up every now and then. Um well, do you think? I don't know do you think it is under under recognized? Abuse is a huge thing. Oh, for I would sure. Say that that's for that sure. happens a lot. That so. polygamy piece has my attention. Like, <laughs> yeah, and again, because that's what I'm saying. Like, people, yeah, I would never have made that connection. No, and that's why I'm saying because a big thing that um, this study saying is that it's under recognized. That the incidents mm-hmm. are probably far more than that, but it's underreported and under recognized because I mean something like that. It's hard to you know what. I'm it's hard to right. Even. It's very covert. A lot of times you don't even hear about it. So wow. You know, I don't know if you're ready to shift gears yet, but like one of the one of the things that we hear about is like the the stigma. You know, I think Mace was going this direction talking about the the teachers and everything, and I. I don't know. I I've, I think we've shared our opinion on previous podcasts. I really try to share my opinion a lot, but before I influence, like I guess your answer, I, I want to know like what what do you say to people in the public when when they say like, oh God, I wish I had that teacher when I was that age. You know, because I, I mean, I guess the reason I ask is because when we do this podcast, we kind of have like three separate audiences that we try to talk to. Right? We we talk to maybe other therapists that are out there listening. We talk to maybe perspective or current clients that might be listening. Uh, and, and then also we, 
we address stuff to the community. I think the community is quite curious with what we do. But again, so if you were going to talk to the community, like how do like how do what's your opinion on that when it's the whole uh, oh, it's not a bad it's not as bad you know that that whole deal. Um, you mean with like a teenage boy or something? And well, I mean, you've had people ask people. you, right? Mm-hmm. You've had people like just your friends, you know, uh-huh. your friends or whatever, and they're like, ah, it's just a so man, yeah, that lucky seventeen-year-old boy, yeah, yeah, right? that, that yeah. whole that whole thing, and we're like, it's not really trying. See, that they'd say the reason that it's not so bad is because you know the the teenage male isn't actually traumatized by it you know the teenage female would be traumatized by a male teacher that's isn't that kind of the common consensus Mm -hmm. as far as at least what the community's thought is on the matter i would say in the community it is um i think that when you've actually like worked with one of those you know males teenagers and they talk about it you know obviously you hear a different perspective on it but um you know, I think the ones who, uh, you know, maybe felt like they were lucky aren't the ones who are, you know, reporting it. But mm. I think that, um, you know, it's, I, I would say that part of the, not really traumatic, but it's embarrassing, you know, I, I think for a, a male, because all this attention is brought on them and their life completely changes, you know. Well, it's yeah, not the, cool to have, like, your teacher that's gotten uh, fired, you know, so sometimes... Oh, yeah. You know, that's the part of it is, well, why didn't you say, you know, why did, why did you say something, you know? So, so I don't know. I have a, I I think it depends on the situation. I wouldn't say I have a stereotype about it as far as. It would be weird though, if a girl came forward, like a teenage, a 14 year old girl who may have been having sexual relations would say they're like 30 year old teacher Mm -hmm. came forward and, and. And this, you know, said that, and then all the adult females around her were like, "Man, you where, wanted where it. was that guy when yeah. I was 14? Right. Which right. never happens. You can, yeah, you never. can't you can't rape the willing. Yeah, yeah, you wanted it. Yeah, when I mean, it, it, but they wouldn't tell her it's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I mean, how yeah. would that? I just think you would never. I would just say, um, if if it's true that this is underreported, well, no wonder. I mean, mm-hmm. because it's not looked at like that. If a four, you know, if you just turn the tables a little bit and even talking to some of my male offenders and I tell, you know, a lot of them look at some of those things. Oh man, how could that happen? But then when you shift it and it's like, now you have a 30 some odd year old female and she's attractive and you have these 14, 15, 16 year old kids that it's almost there. There's no perpetration that even happened. Like Mm -hmm. lucky those guys. I mean, if, if ever somebody were, and you'd be crucified if you did, if you said, Ooh, lucky that girl, you know, if she was 14, got hooked up with that, hot 30 year old dude, man, it would never be looked at like that. And right. and again, I would say you would then, it would trend in the idea that a person who might be feeling victimized at that point would not want to come forward with those things. So like, a, man, like a male, like a young male being victimized by the older teacher wouldn't want to come forward. I don't think we set up an environment that's very, uh, has a, well, inviting might, of something he, like that. He might feel like he's being lame if he comes forward, right? Like, dude, you yeah. had this opportunity with this smoking hot teacher and you yeah. went and snitched. Well, I think I'm like kind of a, on a bigger level of this sex offending has always been viewed as kind of a male only offense. Mm-hmm. Right. And like Justin was saying, a lot of that has to do clearly with gender role stereotypes, you know, and, and saying that, you know, females are much more nurturing and caretaking individuals who are by their very nature, unlikely to engage in any type of aggressive or hostile action towards another person. 
whereas males on the other hand are you know by their nature more aggressive and more sexually driven you mm-hmm. know and 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 all those things so um that males more controlling and when it comes to a sexual situation they're the ones that are pushing the envelope and that girls are the ones that are putting up the blockers at all times and so if there is a female um victim then clearly that was that dude pushing that on her and and the other way around i think is hard for us to pay attention. Right, it's hard for right. us to even reconcile in our own minds yeah for sure sorry i kind of interrupted you man what were you gonna say i don't remember anymore oh. no, i just was well, <laughs> it totally thunder? it's totally a societal thing though where guys are raised or boys are raised that you're you pursue and it's cool and it's like a notch on the belt so what guy is gonna have quote unquote hot teacher not be a notch on the belt like not only that you didn't want it then it's like well what are you good you know all these things are definitely made right. to, it's to not keep just them about silent. Like the yeah. sex, maybe it's yeah. about everything else that comes with it. You yeah. Know, that, yeah. And if you don't want it, is there something wrong with you? Why, mm-hmm. why don't you want it? Yeah. So a lot of it really weird that we do that. But. Well, there that misperception earlier, like you can't rape the willing, like yeah. that whole misperception. The guys about, just want sex all the time, right? Yeah. About the ability of women to sexualize victim, like or victimize males, kind of the idea that. Males are incapable of being physically aroused if they're unwilling participants. Like that just, it's a, I mean, obviously limited understanding of physiological responses. I mean, well, you can't. Well, well, not just that, but also that a male needs to be erect to be sexually abused. I mean, there's a right. lot of other yeah. ways to abuse a dude besides, if his penis isn't erect. That's right, silly. right. Stupid. Yeah. And it, and, well, and it, and it, but. So again, I don't, I don't think that. So now I would say that things are coming forward. It's kind of like what's going on right now. Like the, uh, oh, I wanted to ask her about that. Was like um, this whole kind of you know hashtag Me Too thing going on. I think once there, it's out there that there's an environment in which it's now safe to come forward. People are naturally going to come forward with those some of those things. And we've kind of criticized some of that in the past, and we've said. Well, yeah, I mean, if you genuinely feel that way and you feel like now's a safe time to come forward, yeah, please do, and I'm, I'm glad you're able to. You know, you know, one thing we say is, and, we'd, and, and I, I would say as a, as a male, now would be a time more than ever to be able to come forward with some of those things because it is in the news so frequently, and people can, um, and, and people are going to recognize it and pay attention to it. I'd be, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to have empathy for that. To say, yeah, I'd be scared to come forward. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I would do. Like if it was in those type of situations, if I had a feet. Uh, like if I was fifteen, I had a hot female teacher. Like think about back in Ogden High when we were going there, some hot female teachers. If they were just like hitting on you, like well, no, I, I mean, <clears throat> I wouldn't know what to do. I don't think I would have hesitated. <laughs> like, uh, like to tell on them? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to take the opportunity, you pervert. So, well, yeah, I, I know, I know, right? But, but I wouldn't I, say a word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, this is kind of how I how I look at it. Is when we think of trauma, you know, we think of somebody that's scared to death. You know, they're having a hard time sleeping. They're having nightmares. They, you know, things will give them flashbacks. It'll leave them crippled and paralyzed fear. And when we think of a you know fifteen year old boy hooking up with you know a 30 year old teacher, it, it doesn't really fit that category. I mean, that could happen, mm-hmm. but by and large, that kid's not crying himself to sleep, but I, it makes me wonder like what, what, what ideas is it giving him? What ideas is it forming in his head about what sex is and what it's supposed to be? What is it teaching him about positions of authority and how those can be used and exploited? What is it teaching him about power and control? 
And and right. so the the trauma doesn't necessarily come in leaving the One kid. Package, yeah. yeah, speechless. Mm-hmm. It 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 maybe is a more insidious type of trauma in that it's not manifested like PTSD. It's manifested like he turns into a shitty husband twenty years later. Right. You know, or like and learns that power and control can be used to, you know, it get what you want from somebody. Right. So I mean, it, like it's it's a different type of trauma, maybe. Right. Yeah. No. I absolutely. I think that there's all sorts of trauma and it'll be different for everybody. So yeah, I don't think that, um, you know, most teenage males are like, you know, like what you're describing right now or having, I mean, I maybe some, but having the I think it's a huge, stuff, yeah, but, I think it's a huge taking advantage of what would then be, uh, uh, you know, hormonally confused, intellectually, right. you know, child, have a, I mean, that's fully capable of sexual intercourse, but has no mm-hmm. understanding of the gravity of that mm-hmm. situation. And and so the, I, I made fun of you, but I think most 15-year-olds, given the circumstances, you know, um, might say, well, yeah, okay, you know. But they're not – but that's, again, this is a big piece of this is, you know, a lot of our male offenders, they play the same game. They say – um, and maybe it's not, maybe a reduction to that as a game is not the right terminology, but they do say, well, she knew what she was doing. She was, you know, she was 15, but she was dressing like she was 20 and, and, uh, you know, and I'm saying, okay, look, look, I was like, what we do know is that, you know, uh, the, the human brain isn't fully developed till, till we're about 25. And so if we're being honest about physical and cognitive development maybe that ought to be the age of consent clearly not going to happen but if we're having that argument let's have that argument but i'm saying you you don't have bear any responsibility for being the adult in the situation like knowing the gravity of the situation like you don't you don't have any i mean that's what we do we we their children exist especially in school like we send our kids to school trusting these schools to take care of these kids you know not not to have sex with them right and we're saying you're the adult, like, you know, you're the one that's spo- supposed to manage this. This is a child who is naturally going to right. trust you. It doesn't and look matter up to if you. they're, what their trauma looks like. It's, you know, yeah, so because it, the line. So because it's pleasurable. <laughs> right. It's, nope, that's not trauma. Right. That's so, Jeff, I think you hit it when you, when you mentioned maybe it doesn't manifest itself right away because people will think like this, there's a stereotypical rape, you know, like a guy holds a woman down and rapes her. She's screaming and crying. Which is really just usually not how it goes, and in this case, like yeah, like you said, maybe it's later down the road, maybe it's twenty years later, without him really knowing it's manifesting that way. It's not this; he was just belligerently upset and crushed right when it happened. He probably really couldn't even process it. See, so yes, the the second piece to that is yes, okay. When I was fifteen, I mean, I don't know how that could have happened anyway. I was <sighs> even uglier when I was fifteen than I am now. That's not possible. I, I, I know you don't believe it, but I have your book pictures. So well, half your half your face is covered with a beard now. I know. So. That, that's, yeah, like people are still wondering, what does that look like under there? It might be good looking underneath that beard. Yeah, but I mean, if that had happened, I might have been all about it and felt really awesome about myself. Um, but I can't say that I would. I'm better off. I would be better off now if that had happened to me. Like you know, my. I mean, without going into too much detail, my sexual trajectory was pretty normal. If my first experience had been with a teacher, I don't, uh, I don't know who I'd be today. That'd probably change me somehow. Mom or yeah. Yeah. Like a friend's <laughs> yeah, mom or teacher. Old. Yeah. I'm better off having not had that happen. I would say. Well, uh-huh. yeah. Not to, 
pick on the T word too much. I'm not a big fan of the word trauma. That's Jen was making fun of me earlier about that. It's just overused in <laughs> it our is, work right it now. Is, yeah. Well, the one thing I um, we had read some stuff on this, and it was very telling. Um, and it was, um, and, and I don't know exactly how it was termed, but basically is that that initial exposure to whatever that event is, you're going to measure every exposure thereafter against that first exposure. So if my first exposure to sex <laughs> is some 32 year old smoking hot teacher, you know, who's hooking up with me at her house when her husband's out on a vacation or something like that. I'm going to measure every future sexual encounter against that one, Mm -hmm. which will probably never measure up to that. Vicky at junior prom's got no chance. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like, like you don't, you don't have, which is kind of like, if you think about, so like you're talking about the normal sexual trajectory, right? If you think about like the, the course of an adolescent going through that, it's, it's kind of it's kind of cool to think that yeah we go to prom we explore a little bit I mean even making out it's kind of like oh man it's so sweet you know like that's that's kind of cool to know that kids kind of experience that normalcy mm-hmm. about it versus that man mm-hmm. I, I think I told you guys in one of these other previous podcasts I had a guy sitting in he's forty and he's sitting in one of my groups you know he's a sex offender now and he's and he was telling me when he was twelve that he slept with a twenty five year old. Um, neighborhood lady, and I can't remember the circumstances. And so in group, you know, he's he's in an inpatient treatment program in group for being a sex offender. He's like, yeah, and I turned out perfectly normal from that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and like he kind of, I mean, I hate yeah. to use the cliche, but he kind of had like a breakthrough. He's like stopped himself. He's like, well, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, you, are you, do you hear what you're saying? Like you, I was like, you don't, you don't think about the impact that had on your sexual beliefs. And I mean, you, I mean, you were 12, bro. I mean, you know, and, you know, he said she was really attractive. And, of course, even then in the group, oh, well, you lucky you. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, that's I'm like, it's OK to validate where they're coming from. Like, you know, why do you why do you say that? Why do you say because I think that the thing to not do if I'm a therapist in one of those groups and some of these guys are saying that because we've talked about female offenders in the past and they say those exact same thing. I mean, sex offenders in a treatment program say those exact right. same thing. I think the bad thing to do is shut it down. Say, we will not allow that kind of language. Mm-hmm. I say, I, I say, well, let's explore that. Let's unpack that a little bit and say, yeah, really, let's let's talk about that. Why why is that why is it okay to say, I mean, you're you're in a sex offender group, you committed the sexual offense, you know the harm this can cause. I mean, obviously it's it's totaled your life. Why is it okay to kind of talk about that? And then they, that's really good conversation. Because if the tables were turned, mm-hmm. you know, some of you guys are like a 30-year-old sleeping with a 15-year-old, 12-year-old, man, you'd like want to rip their heads off sometimes. You guys, you know, it's, it's kind of double standard even within the sex offender mm-hmm. population. Right. Yeah, yeah, it goes back to that, especially in group, like where you're talking about, where we get taught pretty early on to kind of say things to identify that we're cool with the group. So it's like, usually I think someone's saying that is wanting to think, well, I want the rest of the group to know that I would <laughs> like that. Like, I'm cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So Kind of like everyone... Making a point of looking like I would have capitalized on that. To well, yeah, because cool think of going back to like a group of 16, 15 year old men, you know, boys really. And one of them, hey, dude, something happened. And he's upset about it. And he tells them, no one in the group's going to be like, dude, are you okay? Like, do you need to talk about it? They're, they're going to go right into the role of like, oh, don't be a bitch, dude. You wanted it. That's yeah. awesome, dude. High five. It's cool. Yeah. None of them, even if they're thinking it, are going to be like, man, I hope he's okay. Right. It's going to impact him. I should say something. Yeah, same with a group. You get a group of people together. It may be a little different in therapy. Someone might be more, a little more willing to speak up about that. But it's the same style. It's just that default that we have where males got to like, 
the, like be macho in front of each other, like even if you don't believe it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have. I was wondering in your groups because um, I wanted to talk about some of the differences there. But in our groups, we on a couple previous podcasts we've talked about how. So now there's like, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a huge like you know just Niagara Falls of everybody's coming forward with these sexual abuse allegations and like Hollywood and everything else and the political. How how are, so the guys I've kind of brought this up to them. It's always nice to kind of reference something going on contemporary and saying, what do you guys think about this? And they've kind of, I mean, have you, has the girls talked about this at all? Mm, You don't, you shut it down. They haven't brought it up at all. Like we're not talking about it. The men have brought it up, but they haven't brought it up. Really? Oh yeah. At all. What do you mean? But what are your thoughts about the whole thing? Jay Woe? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't have uh, a... I mean, I think there's such a continuum of like what's considered like sexual abuse. And yeah. I think it's gotten. Explain what that, that's interesting. You say that like even yeah. with, you know, I, I have a lot of times, you know, people asking me, Oh, how can you even work with sex offenders? You know, it's like, Oh, I don't think it's as bad as you think it is most of the time, you know yeah. I mean? Cause there's such a continuum of, sexual crimes, you know, from lewdness to, you know, the worst possible. And I think that, you know, some of the stuff that's on the news, you know, not to minimize anybody's, you know, sexual abuse or whatever, but I would wonder, all right, what, what really happened, you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's okay, folks. You heard it first from a female <laughs> sex offender it's treatment not, provider. I mean, it could be all it's not named Matt Damon. But, yeah, you know, well, <laughs> that no, doesn't it's, mean it's, it's, it's just interesting. You said. Well, that. I don't know if you. I don't know if you saw it, but a couple episodes we, we talked about that where Matt Damon basically Matt Damon. pull that quote up. I want to see what <laughs> so he, he in a sense <laughs> kind of said what you just said as far as there's like a you're going to offend somebody. Yeah. you know, when you sure. say something. Well, yeah. because. Their interpretation of what you just said is that you're minimizing the impact of of what happened to me, which we're not. We're not mi- right. minimizing that. Right. Like, look, I mean, I could say "me too" as well, and nobody would know what that even means. Right. You know? So you, the, like, I'm. I, we can't. The thing is, is I try to say, look, we can't determine how much you feel like you've been victimized. Right. But there, if we do have to acknowledge differences in behavior coming from the perpetrator because if everything is treated as top shelf, right, then mm-hmm. nothing is top shelf. Everything's, if everything is rape, then nothing is rape. So right. again, you know, I'm not minimizing the behavior and I'm not minimizing the impact. What I'm saying is, is that there's differences. I treat clients differently based on what they're bringing forward. Right, and, absolutely. And I can't, I can't be an effective therapist. If I'm trying to talk to somebody like an example, I think we can all agree, and anybody listening to this could agree that looking at child pornography is awful, right? What um, what a person would have to go through, the, the children would have to go through in order for those pictures to be online mm-hmm. is, I mean, something all of us think is abhorrent, right? Right. But the the vast majority, I've never, never, I've, well, actually, I've met one client. He wasn't, he didn't stay in our care. I did an assessment on him, and he went to prison for 20 years. Okay. I've never met anybody who's actually produced child pornography. In other words, these were consumers of child pornography. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, clients that we've worked with mutually said, well, I looked at it as garbage in the street. I was just picking it up, right? And uh, and he said, I never touched anybody. Well, that's mm-hmm. true. He never did touch anybody. What he was looking at, a child had to go through some really horrible stuff to get that there into his hands. Okay, mm-hmm. is that the same thing as forcible rape? 
No, it's not. They're both equally horrible, but right. in two different spectrums. And if I try to tell this guy, I'm going to treat you and educate you and, and do therapy with you as if you're a rapist, I'm missing the mark. And that guy's not going to be mm-hmm. any safer for the community. I'm doing him a disservice and the community a disservice and those victims a disservice if I treat that inappropriately. So that's, I just say, you got to get a grip. People mm-hmm. aren't, I think anybody who's not all the same. professional, yeah. Matt Damon's not a professional, he's just an actor, but I'm saying anybody who's treating that, it's not an intention to try to insult you or minimize what happened to you. I'm saying we're treating these things differently and we need to differentiate between them. It's right. absolutely I, a continuum. I think people <coughs> don't realize that you can hold those both those beliefs to be true. It's not a, those, those aren't mutually exclusive beliefs that uh, looking at, like viewing child pornography alone uh, does not cause the same damage as forcible rape. You can believe that to be true. And you can also believe it to be true that child pornography is not a good thing. It's a bad thing. But I, I think people think that you have to have one or the other belief, c- kind of like how you were giving me shit for what fighters I like. You know, I can think one might win, <laughs> right, <laughs> but want the other one. But, but the thing you is, justify like, however you want. <laughs> but, but both of those statements can be true. You, you you know, it, it, you can say, yes, looking at child pornography, even if it's just, quote, just viewing it is bad because it subsidizes it. You know, once, when you produce, you know, it, the NFL wouldn't exist if everybody stopped going to football games, which is kind of starting to happen. Actually, we're seeing it with the NFL. People start stop watching a lot of them and the ratings are starting to plummet. Uh, the same thing with child porn. So, I mean, yeah, it's but but it, yes, it is. It is harmful, but it's not as as damaging as forcible rape or something but yeah and and the statistics on on um on the uh the internet facilitated crimes in other words child pornography and i remember i'm not going to quote it because i don't know it but i remember there was an atsa article that i read um and the um and well actually it may have been a seat the same thing the center for sex offender management it may have been it was in fact from them internet facilitated crimes the um because a lot of people say, well, that, that's just a stepping stone and they're going to manifest into now physical touch crimes. And that's actually a really low incidence of that. Incredibly low. I mean, in the, like the, I'm, I don't, again, I don't want to quote, I know it was under 15% though. Dude, I want to say 12%. Remember what a hard time you and I had with that? We, we, you and I were at Napping. Yeah. And we, we saw a couple of preve- The North presenters. American Perpetrator Network, right? Yeah, North American That's a, Perpetrator Network. <laughs> it sounds like we're going to like a NAMBLA conference. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> a horrible name. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't really like it, but anyway. Nappin, NAMBLA, no jokes. So, so Nappin's actually a great organization. It's it's a conference. It's a national conference for – we were in Colorado, right? Yeah. And um and it just was doing some some training, but go ahead. Well, I I don't know if you remember, like, but like two dudes got on there. I, think they I were, remember that. Yeah, yeah, and they they started they started talking about that exact thing about that uh, people that uh, either viewed what, I forget what it was this is years ago, but if you viewed child pornography, that uh, they were making the case that you don't go on to to act on it. That and that that always flew in the face of what I'd always been taught. Kind of the when you the more you increase the threshold, the more you need to get your the, the more that you need to get your fix. And so you're going to inevitably keep pushing until you reach that threshold. Kind of like Mike, the guy that was on a, the podcast a few weeks ago was talking about yeah. with that psychology class he took. Well, I thought that was the same with, with child pornography. And I remember really bristling at that dude when he was talking. You know what though? You know, it was helpful. And this is something that, I mean, listeners can pay attention to is, uh, the thing that helped me was an analogy the guy used. Cause one of us challenged him. We did. Like, yeah. yeah. And he said, it was, it was you, you threw out the NASCAR thing. 
<clears throat> oh, no, he said the NASCAR thing to me. Oh. So he said, because I, 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 I can't remember, and his thing was, well, look, what's the, what's the fastest growing sport in the country right now? And I didn't know the answer to it, but he said NASCAR is. And he said, do you know why? And I'm was that a pun, though? The no, that's true. Yeah, it's a play on words. Yeah. <laughs> so I got you. <laughs> um, and he said, well, because of the viewership, people are viewing this more and more. And because, and this is the problem with child pornography. So this is the real harm mm. that a consumer of child pornography is creating. You may be a drop in the bucket, but that bucket is I'm creating a market in which this is possible to take place. Without that market, child pornography would not be produced. So that another said that. He no, I that's what you said to him. No, 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 no. How am I remembering this wrong? No, because he, I, he, I've elaborated on it since then. He said something like this. He basically, this is what made me look into it more. But he said the reason why NASCAR is, is because of viewership. But you don't see everybody who's viewing NASCAR getting in NASCARs and driving them around the course. Oh, damn. so there right, go. So, which is true. You're not, you don't see that, right? You don't see people like in a NASCAR and driving around. Mm-hmm. But everybody loves watching NASCAR. I mean, not maybe not anymore. I don't know. I've never got, understood that. But and I'm not dogging on NASCAR people. And NASCAR has nothing to do with child pornography. He was using it as an analogy. Back off. So, so in other words, to watch NASCAR Nambla. Yeah. So in other words, when we when we when we educate clients, of course, we're talking to them about these deviant sexual interests, the, how it got to that point. But we're also saying like, well, the harm that you caused is not that you touched anybody. We're not saying that you did. We're not. You know, I I think. Therapists have tried to reach in the past. I've heard this thing. It may as well have been as you in the room touching the kid yourself. I don't know, man. If I'm a client, if I'm just being honest, I'm gonna. I may tell you, "Yep, that's it's like that. That's what I did," you know. And I'm just feeding you shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not really being honest. If I if I say, "Look, you created, you were part and parcel of creating an environment and a market for that thing to take place," and if that market didn't exist, child pornography wouldn't exist either. So your responsibility begins and ends there, and that's what we're going to work on. And clients like, oh, I can deal with that. And then we make some good progress. You know what I mean? But if you say, nope, it's the same thing as right. if you rape that child yourself. <sighs> you know what? Again, because the because the nature of me getting kicked out of one of these programs is so compelling, and I could get punished so badly, I might say, you know what, Jen? That's right. I right. was in there. Just be agreeable. Yeah, I'm, and I'm just, you, I'm just, you are being coercive as a therapist. And I'm agreeing with you. I'm lying by assent. And I'm saying, okay, well, that's what we're going. And I'll tell you anything you need to hear to get me done with this program. And then, literally, I'm leaving this program into the community, having made no significant progress in understanding my deviancies or reducing them by any measurable effect, oh. which is horrible. Like so, so I think you know, great. You know, the Me Too movement. I'm glad people are coming out with that, but. Again, I think with people like Matt Damon or J-Wo saying that, probably Twitter's going to blow up on her now. No, <laughs> it, it, I, I no think it's the interesting is... I don't know if you guys have ever had any female offenders who, like, I can't think of any who were looking at child porn. Like, no, that none. That doesn't happen. Not even porn in the women Yeah, I've I mean, that, we don't talk about that in group. I mean, every now and then it's, oh, yeah, I looked at porn, you know, for like a good reason yeah, but what, it wasn't to like, 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 like I, was, I was like watching it with my boyfriend <laughs> I was or something like, like yeah, that yeah or right? what does that mean or you for know? a good reason <laughs> yeah. yeah that's something I think that's yeah. something anybody listening to this would have that's a really um, a point of curiosity they might have is what are the differences like I think of obviously there's some similarities like I mean you could say they have poor coping skills relationship right. difficulties cognitive distortions mm-hmm. empathy deficits but 
What have what have been in terms of your work with them compared to the males? What have been some big differences that you see with the females? Well, that's definitely one of them. Is no pornography. No pornography. No child pornography. No. I mean, it's pretty rare when you like have a woman go in and take a polygraph and they're looking at porn. You know, that's not their hmm. what they're getting into trouble. It's using drugs most of the time. So I would say <laughs> substance abuse is a pretty big problem um not all the time but i would say most of the time or the female offender mm-hmm. okay yeah so they have a co-occurring substance use yeah. disorder okay yeah. what about like i mean sexual compulsions you know like one you know one of the so tips mm-hmm. questions on sexual behaviors is how often do you mm-hmm. masturbate it's ever cause you uh, physical or psychological pain or whatever no that one doesn't um but a lot of i mean again with the internet i think it's opened up um a lot of more like sexual promiscuity where just a lot of like oh. hookups that sort of thing um because that happens i not very often i wouldn't say that there's a lot of women that i've worked with who have like sexual compulsions or addictions it's more about relationship addiction type stuff that i want to get into a relationship or... well, and certainly i think nowadays um people are much more liberal in terms of their um I don't know. It just I think women have historically, stereotypically, always been known as the gatekeepers of the sex, like mm-hmm, men. Right. You, so you know, I always ask my clients, okay, you fill in the gaps here. So if a girl sleeps with a lot of guys, yeah, we do you know, here. Mm-hmm, right, girl sleeps with yeah. a lot of guys. She's a slut. slut. Yeah. If a guy sleeps with a lot of girls, he's a Dud. right. Mm-hmm. So so now that I mean, still to some degree perpetuates. And I think if you're an adolescent, for sure, you know. But like. More so nowadays, I think even there's some people who would identify as feminists who, you know, they're just, they, they have multiple sexual partners and they embrace that. Mm-hmm. And they say, I don't know if this is what I, you know, this is, what, this is how I express my femininity and, you know, I am mm-hmm. woman, hear me roar type stuff. And I, I, I think more so nowadays, women are allowed to express themselves sexually than they have in the past. Right. Have you, have you yeah, seen I... something play a role in that now? Uh, I don't like know. Like as the compulsive behavior types, things like that? Or? I see it more often for sure. So I don't know why, but but yeah. I mean, I have two women right now who I would say that's kind of their thing is just kind of meeting up with, you know, sex is kind of a way to control things. But not bit, master so. To control right? things. No, no. Yeah, just to kind of feel like, you know, they're in control. Because I guess being in the gatekeeper of sex, uh, that, that does put you in a position of control, and, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, right. oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> But, yeah, most of the time it's not like masturbating isn't yeah. like a huge Because sometimes thing. I got guys that are masturbating like five times a day, oh. legit. And I've never, ever had a female come close to that. Right, oh. yeah. Not even t- can hold a candle to no. that. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, and and I mean I obviously it's not like they're really hip on sharing that with me anyway. What an <laughs> odd question to be asking a female. So hey, <laughs> it's always a little strange asking that. Yeah, yeah. So what what other differences do you notice in them? Oh, let's see. Um, I don't know. I would say. I don't know. It seems like once they get into a relationship, things start to just fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I've heard oh, really? that. Yeah. It's like, um, and it happens pretty quickly. I mean, women coming out of prison, getting into a relationship and, you know, everything's great, but then everything else just 
you know, because they get so wrapped up in the relationship and forget about everything else. I blow off probation and guidelines or mm-hmm, work. Yeah. Or... yeah, it's like the relationship becomes the most important thing. So when you're saying you work on them with relationships, a lot of times it's it's not just discussion of past relationships. It's managing current relationships to make less risky decisions. Right, yeah. So That makes sense. But that seems to be a common thread, though. I think females are much more relationally driven than males. I mean, males are very self I mean self-oriented behavior driven than females. I mean the the sexual thing kind of makes sense. I mean we have way more testosterone going through us than and that's a, that's that hormone's specific for what was it 10 mm-hmm. times the amount of testosterone compared to females? I don't remember. It's something like that. Yeah. But why, that's, don't, why don't you remember that? Uh, it was a recent <laughs> podcast. Yeah. And but I it's would, that's that's that dirt no did, uh, that, not to say dirt Nowitzki. Dirt Nowitzki no, no. told me. <laughs> yeah. Dirt Nowitzki. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Nowitzki. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. Dirt Nowitzki. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dirk's that old basketball player, yeah. isn't he? Small forward. Yeah. For the Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they. Uh, but I. I, I I'm just saying that hormone is linked specifically with aggression and with sex drive. And mm. so it makes sense that this, the, but the, the relationship pieces, I mean, so do you, the, the therapy sessions often take place within the context of that, like relationship driven type. A you know? lot of times. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, and I know we've started this, uh, you know, CBISO stuff and I've done a little bit of that Holla. with women. Yeah. And, um, they like it, but they love like the process groups. I mean, there's mm-hmm. never, it's, I mean, I can they see always that. come in and I'll always have something prepared, but they yeah, the, pretty much have stuff to talk about all the time. It's funny it's how that's uh, <laughs> almost the opposite experience that I've had. I mean, I've, I've had some good process groups, but kind of comparing genders where it almost seems like now that it's so structured, my guys talk way more, especially the guys that used to not talk. They were they, just kind of quiet. In the, yeah, because it's not emotional and you don't have to be as vulnerable. And it's, yeah, so, it's, it's scripted for you. I'm going to tell it and then you tell me your answer. You know, yeah, guys. It isn't kind of a masculine stereotype of being like task oriented or something. And so you give them, fill out this paper, okay, go. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they fill out this paper. And uh, that, like, whereas, I don't know, that's. Yeah, the women, they just come in and, it, you know, they, they want time. It's like, oh, yeah, I've got something I need to talk about. <laughs> I, could, yeah. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't imagine doing check-ins in a women's group. And every time it comes around, yeah, I had a good week, just worked, I'm doing good. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that would, that would yeah. not happen. Yeah. I used to undermine that quite a bit, actually. I used to say, I don't think that gender responsive treatment is necessary. I think that the elements can be – but but are, can be – a applied equally but then when i started running i ran the the female group here for a long time and i think at the peak of it we had five females in there and um man it's just not true like so i mean so again we have three groups that you and i have developed focused on pornography i mean most of it when we have that session turns into them talking about their dudes who've looked at porn like it had nothing to do (laughs) with them and I, th- I mean, I think to maximize our effectiveness, uh, and again, you do, I'm not saying anybody doesn't do anything wrong because, you know, 10% of the, we decided that statistically, I was only talking about 10%. So clearly 90% dictates that whatever treatment methods come out are going to focus on those guys first. Right. Um, and, but I, I do think that we need to acknowledge that gender does make a difference. I'm not trying to, what is that? Gender shame. What is it? What's the, the term? Well, Misgender. I'm not trying to misgender anybody or anything like that. I'm just trying to say that 
um, the, it, I mean, because those relationships, like Jen was saying, I think because they play a key role in this, in the lives of women and girls in particular, the importance of that has to be incorporated into not just therapy, but into the criminal and justice systems altogether. Like that has to be, that has to be acknowledged. Otherwise, if you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a problem because you're not going to be as effective as a, as a treatment practitioner, which I mean, I fully being a male, it's hard for me to empathize with that. I just, sometimes I just have to admit, I don't get it. Like, I mean, you know, that's why I'm not saying it always has to be a female. I think there's some value in seeing a, a, stable male that can respect you right, in your life yeah. but I mean, man there are some things that i just don't think females would share with me i really don't think they would or, or that we might not connect with them on or something totally absolutely yeah. absolutely this is a very gender binary discussion we're having so we are pissing off even more people <laughs> it didn't just start with my Pollock <laughs> comment <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. We we're being clear about Male and female. I've, ha- I've actually, so I've, I've only had, same as you, a handful of female clients, but I, ha- I had one tell me, and it was really a struggle for her to talk about just some of her childhood and things that happened to her and what she went through with her offense and everything. It took her forever to come around to that, which is not exactly uncommon. Right. So it wasn't, I wasn't really pushing it. Once she did and felt better, she actually said, you know, for a long time of working with you. I didn't want to insult you, but I just really wanted a female therapist. I really wanted someone. She's like, but the fact that I never asked kind of made me do it, and I was getting in trouble for not moving along in therapy, so she ended up doing it. She, I actually think it was really good for me, though. It, made, it forced me to work through a lot of issues that I have with males and trust oh. with males. And so she's like, I, I think it was for my own benefit, not on purpose, but, which yeah. was interesting. Man, the, I, I've had, well, I guess kind of the... I don't know about opposite. It's not opposite, but the, I've had I may, I've maybe had five total female sex offense specific clients. And uh, what, is there a helicopter? There's a space? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Spinner? Yeah. yeah, it's my it's my it's my favorite school. Cool. Yeah. Uh, There's another distraction. I don't, I don't remember what I was at, talking about. Oh, I, I've had a couple of my uh, female clients tell me that they're glad that they're working with me because they have a hard time talking to other women. Like it was kind of like, I yeah. hate other yeah. girls type right. thing. Yeah. No, I've seen that before too. Yeah. I mean, not obviously cause I'm, but I've heard that before where, um, even with probation officers, like sometimes people are like, Oh yeah, I really want a female probation officer. And then they're like, Oh, never mind. <laughs> like a lot of, I think, I think uh, if you're, I think a, they, lo- a lot of people listen to this would just reduce it to women are more catty. Right. But I'm telling you, and this is anecdotal. I'll just say it's anecdotal, personal experience. I mean, I've had some of my friends, you know, since, I mean, literally kindergarten, and they're still friends in my life today, you know, Mm -hmm. that have been in my life for a long time. And a lot of, like, the clients that we work with, like how you were saying the relationship problems, I mean, everything is so superficial. There are no Mm -hmm. long-standing relationships. I have a, I have a, I knew friend. She's my best friend. I just met her two weeks ago. You right, know what I yeah. mean? And, and that, that type of stuff. I mean, it, it seems like, and I'm not saying dudes are better at it. I'm saying that it seems like because of those relationship needs, I, I would want to, I would expect to see that more with females. Like they would have friendships that they've had since kindergarten. They've been together forever and mm-hmm. dudes should be more hateful of one another, you know, which I've just, I don't know my personal experience. I've yeah. never seen that. I've oh. never seen that like that. I don't know. What's, I don't know if there's what well, you guys, maybe that's not a question. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> we have any thoughts on that or something. 
Well, well I know I, I would prefer to work with males, that's for sure. Like I've worked with, I, and I'm not talking about... And party like, with males. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, because it's just like this, I mean, not necessarily with me, but what I've seen is there's just this competition or something or... Um, with girls? Yeah. Oh, for dude. different things though, you know? I mean, yeah. not like... Well, with dudes, if you're like a good-looking female in the group, yeah, most of the guys are trying to have sex with you. Like, <laughs> oh. that's how it works. <laughs> I mean, right? If, if everybody's single and, yeah, that's usually like, I mean, that's, that. I don't know. I feel like for girls, I, w- I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know. You're, well, like you said, Jen, females you're cool, can so that's be kind of catty as far as like, you know, if somebody hurts your feelings, they have a harder time letting it go than, you know, males, they just kind of you know, work it out. Yeah. Um, but even, even do, not I remember, always, though. I mean, that's, I remember you told me about a conference one time and I won't name names here, but you'll know what I'm talking about. Like where you were sitting at a table and there was two, there was two female therapists sitting there. Master's level therapists were texting you and, <laughs> and one was criticizing the other one for always trying to bring attention to herself uh-huh. and yeah, trying to, that's you, stupid shit. And like, that's yeah, like ironic. <laughs> Everybody uh, is literally sitting at the same table yeah. and and, and My phone's covertly talking shit to you about this. And then the other one, wasn't she saying something about like, oh, she seems to be like she's such goody two shoes? Yeah, also. yeah. It, it was. Oh my goodness. It was mutual bash. My phone was just buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> just going, <laughs> That's a small sample of the population, yeah. folks. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I, I just, I think the, the story there, though, is that there is a relationship. There's differences for sure. Like the differences in the relationship <laughs> dynamics and how I incorporate that into my cares. What? what what's just some of that just makes me laugh. Like I, I picture like reversing the roles of gender sometimes just thinking how that would look. Like I could just imagine us all like hanging out watching a UFC and like Alan walks in and then Aaron Lee's always like, I believe he wears those jeans. He yeah. should not be wearing those. Yeah. That happens though, man. Yeah. Oh, it I know happens. it does. It's just funny. Like I think about the people in my life doing that. I'm like, yeah, that would not. <laughs> I mean, that's... That wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. I think, okay, so clearly... But of course guys do that too. Clearly we're joking here, and this is anecdotal, and these are personal experiences, but I think the the the... There is differences in the, in in when you're working with women compared to men. Sure. There's right. like yeah. stark differences. In fact, you guys want to hear what Seesaw says about it? Ooh. Seesaw. I have yeah. one other difference Seesaw? when you're done. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's hear yours first. What oh, is just it? that there's a lot of Seesaw. women who are like single moms. Um, so that's, uh, I think, another dynamic that's a little bit different as far as just being who do they like offend a single on? mom. And um, you mean... This, I mean, I, I, maybe I misunderstood. Well, are, are, single like, parent. So they have kids. And so that's... Oh, you just know, like so a complication that comes up in treatment yeah, or like it's yeah. something that like them being a single mom somehow impacts their decision to offend? No, not to offend. Just that that's another dynamic that they have uh. to deal with is just being a single parent, you know, that the dad's not involved anymore. And, you know, sure. they're trying to, um, you know, have a job, but also take care of kids at home and have a place to live and, you know, just a. We don't sit around in the guys' groups, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, I'm a single dad and, you know, trying to take care of my kid. And, you know, yeah, you they don't, don't have it, custody. Yeah, typically the they don't have yeah. custody and they're, they're, they're working to get custody back. So it's actually right. the, the opposite end of it. Right. How, how often do you hear – so, like, I mean, I'm in, in no way quantifying this. This is me just guessing, but probably about 25% of my current caseload uh, says – 
she lied about her age, that kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, she told me she was this age. She ended up being this age. How, did, how often does that happen with women? Do, do you get that line as often as mm-hmm. you hear from? That they lied about their age? Yeah, well, like, oh, maybe I should be asking you this. Like, what percent of your male population clients, uh, if you had to just off the top of your head, have that statement prepackaged and ready to go? She lied about her age. Oh, I think the males say it a lot with the Internet stuff. Would you, oh, uh, and but like, the women, I, I don't think. So you don't get up. it as much. No. It's not. I don't even think I've ever heard that. No. I, I know. Me neither. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it's he's the one who came on to me and forced oh, yeah. me and, yeah. and raped me, you know, and they're the but because they were the adult, like that comes up a yeah. lot. Okay. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I've read the, I went through. Again, I, we we have these things called PSIs. These are pre-sentence investigations, and they have the reports written by the um, by the investigating, not the investigating officer. This would be the person who writes the pre-sentence report, and the, it's yeah, kind of a PSI right amalgamation of all the evidence that comes into this, and they put it all together. And uh, I read through some of the stuff, and you know, it's um, very much so that uh, there was they never balked about the age they never felt like there was anything about the age but there was what they considered to be an emotional connection there mm-hmm. and eventually it's weird because they felt like they were like the the two girls that i've worked with both of them had sex with a teenage male when they were in their mid-20s and the bull and, and again this is only two but both of them had said well so i had an emotional connection with this person and he took advantage of that to have sex with me Granted, I was the adult. I should have known. And that's kind of what it boils down to. But very much so that still that little 15-year-old kid was the one who manipulated the connection right. and took it mm. to the next level. You know what I mean? They yeah, very much feel that, that way. It, and it's hard to argue. I mean, it's again, this is a limitation I think that we get into. And I'm like, I don't know what it's like to be a female, man. I just don't. I can't. I, I'm not going to say you're wrong. You, no, that's not mm-hmm. how it is. But I don't get that from dudes either. Like a, a guy's never like... She took advantage of the emotional connection that we had. Never had and that. raped me. I'm like, yeah. I've never gotten that from a dude. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, no. So, so the Center for Sex Offender Management, Justin Seesaw, not Seesaw. So they say Seesaw. They seesaw. Say, <laughs> they have a seesaw. let's see six big differences. They say sexual victimization histories are exceedingly more common among adult and adolescent female sex offenders than than with male sex offenders. And their maltreatment experiences are often more long-standing, extensive, and severe. Uh, adult women are more likely than men to commit sex offenses with co-offending male. Wow! In either polygamy, yeah, and there it is. In oh, either concert yeah. with the male, or as a result of coercion by the male, offending by an by adult and adolescent females are more likely to occur within the context of caregiving situation. Acts of rape are less common among female sex offenders, but when they occur. The victims tend to be the same gender, unlike the victims of male-perpetrated rapes. The victims of adolescent female perpetrators are more often than adolescent male offenders tend to be young children. And when child victims are involved, adolescent female offenders are more likely than adolescent males to target both genders, whereas adolescent males are more commonly target uh, children of the opposite sex. There it is. So there's differences. There's Yeah, big-time differences. You know, I, I think, too... I wonder, I had a kind of, um, back in uh, July, uh, I was pulling up, uh, the Standard Examiner posted a thing about Brianne Altice. She's probably the most infamous 
uh, most recent infamous in, in nationally, in, right? At well, least, well, for sure at least in Utah, in Utah for yeah. sure. And Brianna Altice, you know, she's not hard on the eyes, you know, so <laughs> she's an attractive female, right? Um, and she just bar- she got her parole denied. And the um, this is from the this is from that 2017 article. Uh, let's see. English teacher Brianna Altice will spend at least two more years in prison for having sexual relationships with three male students. The Utah Board Board of Pardons and Parole has decided. Um, da, 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 da. Altice pled guilty to three counts of forcible sexual abuse, all second degree felonies in April 2015. Um, she was sentenced to three prison terms of one to 15 years. She is housed at the Utah State Prison. You know, I think about this. So she was, when this occurred, wasn't she like 32? Or she's 37. She's 37 now. I can't remember when this happened, when she was convicted. So 2015, whatever. Um, and she was married, correct? Sure. Well, I don't know. I, I don't think. know. Probably. Come on now. <laughs> Most of them are. So, okay, this is the weird thing, and I this is what always I think is a, a, a... So if you think about males and you think about their trajectory, like sometimes people are like, that guy looks like a sex offender, right? I'm like, well, sometimes that actually is semi-true. And the reason why is these guys outwardly have the worst social skills on the planet earth. Like they don't have good grooming. They don't have good conversation. They're, I mean, they're kind of, they just don't know how to talk to people, males or females. They're weird. They have weird uh, mannerisms, behaviors, all this kind of stuff. And so people are like, that guy's a sex offender, right? I'm like, yeah, you may be right. Cause sometimes they genuinely fit the part. Right. And, and so what you could like speculate on that is, okay, growing up, I was never really able to make same age peers that I could have sex with, right? And and um, I was never able to get that connection. In other words, and so maybe I identify with younger children because younger children were more inviting of me as an adult. So younger children naturally trust adults a whole lot more. They look up to adults a lot more. And adults have more power, you know, like in terms of like I have a car, I've got money, I've got video games, whatever it is. And so it's easier to manipulate a child. So sometimes you see that now I develop this emotional connection with a child as an adult male. Now, I'm not justifying that. I'm saying it makes more sense right. than with an adult female because I look at Brianne Altice, that I just, that girl, no business hooking up with 14, 15, 16 year old kids. I mean, there's no dude on, I mean, her age that's going to say, no. just don't want to hook up with you, lady. Like, there's so, no, well, she's been, I mean, sexually reinforced. Throughout her lifetime, and in other words, I'm saying I don't know if that there's something that I'm missing there because in a lot of ways you could look at that as that is even sexually more deviant for a female who has been sexually reinforced at that age, who's attractive and has no reason to go outside of the boundaries of of her same age sexual partners to then go. It seems even more counterintuitive to the, well, seem they gravitate towards the children. I mean, well, I guess, or, or <laughs> c- couldn't it just be that. Could be like a typical case of not getting attention at home, and she's with these students for eight hours a day, a lot of attention, and then she's kind of the focal point. She gets to feel special at the head of the classroom, teaching it, uh, you know, and and then kind of having this uh, the these males fawning over her. Maybe you know what I mean. Maybe I think so. I, I mean, I think I I just think or it's, she's trying to help him because he's. Because it, it, it engages that nurturing, 
or mm-hmm. yeah. It probably started out nurturing, story, right? But maybe. It probably yeah. started out nurturing. Probably Could started be. out she was maybe willingly felt like, hey, I can reach out, I can mm-hmm. help this kid. I mean, who knows? I've, I mean, well, well think about speculation. Think about the aspect of like a lot of affairs or things like that happen commonly with people that you work with kind of thing where they're in a combined space they're they're getting to know each other sure. they're building relationships where at a school I would assume she's obviously spending most of the time with her students so you have kind of like this weird age dynamic where they're starting to come into manhood but yeah spending a lot of time with it well then you combine all kinds of other stuff you have problems at home and all that jazz but it seems like it'd be the same idea I think right. so I think so but I mean I I guess what I'm not reducing it to only like deviant sexual arousal. In fact, I mean that that hardly plays any role usually. We're just be, guessing right now, anyway. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I think. I think the the point of anybody There's listening many is things. there is yeah. there is zero evidence based treatment programs for female sex offenders out there um, because there's no empirical evidence to go one way or the other. And you know, right. and I um how and, many how many evidence based research. Is there for male sexual offenders? A ton. I mean, no, 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 no there's not. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's more. There's more um, risk assessments for sure. Yeah. So validated risk assessments that Dude. that suggest, hey, this is what you need to target in treatment, and then the treatment providers can target that however they choose. And and there are some. Jen had mentioned the um, CBISO, the Cognitive Behavioral Interventions for Sex Offenders, which came out of the Corrections Institute at Cincinnati. Which is a great program, and hopefully, I you know I see that moving in um, the the foremost evidence based practice there is for male offenders. But uh, it, there's major parts of that have, that have nothing to do with female offenders. That have no business mm-hmm. talking to female offenders about. I guess unpacking the whole thing is tough because outwardly you could look at that and say that's way more deviant for a person who's attractive and thirty something and married and has kids. And I'm, I don't know if Brianna Altice was married and had kids, but but to then seek out a person who is that age versus somebody who's never been sexually reinforced with their same age peers, unattractive social goofball who's naturally gravitating towards kids because they're more inviting of them. You know what I mean? Like, but then what you say makes a lot of sense too. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I just say there's an element there that I'm, you cannot respond the same way as you do to a male in terms of the treatment. It's potentially, I get what you're saying. It's, potentially scarier because she has, I mean, as far as we know, the ability to have a healthy adult relationship, whereas a lot of the dudes that are maybe in the social outcast variety have struck out 500 times and don't know what to do with adults. So yeah, I mean, that, that piece is there. It's again, it's tough without the research and without there being anything again, this is all anecdotal. This is us speculating based off the the few clients that we've had and trying to just sort of put together what we think we might know about sex and sexuality and what, what constitutes abuse. So uh, we need more research really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know how it's going to be done. Like your sample size was tiny. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I'd like to know too, like how re- the reoffense rates. Although I can't find anything about that, but I don't know. I mean, uh, overall, for women, or yeah, okay, the reoffense rates have to be. Oh, I bet it's really low. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like once they've got it, they've got it, they've got it. Like they're not gonna, you know, kind of repeat this behavior unless they go back to like the same victim. I've seen that happen before or who's you know, oh, yeah. the alleged. Well, wasn't Altice's, uh, wasn't that like a repeated thing? Did well, she get in trouble for that a couple oh, of yeah, times? So she was out, yeah. she was out on, um, I think 
it was on bail and um, initiate, initiated sexual relations with him again, with one of them at least, while she was out on bail, which was totally stupid. I well, mean, didn't it happen with Letourneau also? Yeah, like, that's a name I, mean, I remember. Sometimes they do get wrapped up yeah. in that. That oh yeah, I want to be with that person. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it's um, I. I it is it's a weird it's a weird population to work with. I'm glad you're doing it and not me. I mean, I, <laughs> it's I always a lot of fun. I was like, we're, I was like going in there and saying, "Hey, everybody," you know, and like, and then that's it. And I walk out, you know, yeah, yeah, here, yeah throwing out some suckers or something. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I just, uh, I mean, I because I I do have, like I said, I have some female, I have some female clients that I work with in substance abuse, and man, I have some really good connections with those. Uh-huh. It, always so weird though like even when you have that man it's i I, it's i had i've never gone through one case with like an attractive female client who like outwardly there's not like a ton of the other females like oh i'll bet they're sleeping together i'm like oh my goodness gracious (laughs) like it's so weird but i've had can't escape the rumor mill huh well i mean it's just whatever you know and i'm and and they they find that really incredibly insulting because they're like you know this one guy that I could really trust and, and, and he's been there for me and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think about him like a brother. And then you say that, like you reduce it to that. And they almost are insulted that it turns that way on them. Well, good. Like I would never do that. Right. And I'm like, it's not like I'm an ugly dude. You know, I am, but I'm saying that they, they don't like it going in that direction. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. don't like it seeming like, Oh, I would never do that, you know, or something. And they wouldn't, they, it's never even, I mean, sometimes girls get flirty and then you've set a boundary and they actually really appreciate that boundary later mm-hmm. on. It's not even able to get crossed. They, they probably think that's how they have to interact with dudes. You know, yeah. they have to be flirty. And then when you, they figure out, Hey, look, you still get the same attention <sighs> from me when you're just being yourself. That probably is relieving. Man, dudes suck. I'm though. guessing. We're, I don't know. we're the most awful <laughs> things ever. I'm well, telling you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love being a dude, but some of us are dirt bags. <laughs> huh? Yeah. It's very true. So, well, we rarely have the hygiene talk in our female group. So oh, have it in the mouth yeah, all dude. the time. <laughs> that by itself. That's sure true. You take a shower before you come to group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wash your yeah. clothes. Those poor girls yeah. that you have that come in on the, on the, the tail end oh. of the two groups that I run with dudes. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, bring Sorry. the Lysol yeah. in, please. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry ladies. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, so I guess, uh, Justin, do you have any other, uh, before we wrap up, I want to make sure that the you, only time that happens is we, you pointed out more often than I actually have. Now there's question. J- Jeff, back me up <laughs> yeah, here, dude. I said, we'll, let's we'll, wrap we'll this up. No, 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 no. Wait, it's <laughs> yeah. how it works out. Like that's kind of how you have to jump in. Though. Do you have any other? Que- do you have any other questions? You know, <laughs> no. Okay, so <laughs> so I, I guess the, if we conclude it, and you guys help me out here, but I'm just saying, like, in, so if anybody's listening to this. Until recently, the whole uh, females who perpetrate sex offenses has been overlooked. It's kind of like that whole FedEx effect or even the autism effect. Like, you know, I've I've now opened the gap for paying attention to this more. And so clearly now people are paying more attention to it. But I think in addition to that, you made some excellent points of with the advent of technology and communication. I mean, I even have some of my students from Sully Community College that text me. You know, they're like, right. and like, like, hey, how's it going? Like type stuff, you know, and... Never before mm-hmm. have you ever been able to do that. I've never done that with a professor the, anyway. The, right. the ones that listen to this podcast? Some do. Yeah. I, yeah. Like so, some have, well, a lot of it, but I, I put my number out there and I say, hey, text me 
if you need information about a test or whatever, you know, and sometimes they're like, Hey, how's it going? You know, whatever. Love the podcast, stuff like that. Keep if listening. If you're a everybody. student of Mesa's and you're currently being abused, you can find my number <laughs> on the alpha counseling website. Uh, I will keep your, I'll kill. keep your identity <laughs> secret. Uh, feel free to reach out. I'll take care of it. Yeah. Well, okay. But the, so anyway, going back to, so, uh, but because that's overlooked, I think, comparatively there's little i mean the only thing conclusion we've come to there's little known about sexually abusive females and strategies for assessing or treating them like we i mean we just don't and uh uh, without question additional research is certainly needed at this point absolutely but jennifer wojcikowski if you go into her group you're guaranteed positive outcomes (laughs) she is the shit son so oh thanks yeah absolutely you We'll put her on the spot here. Like, we'll be able to come back to this. You coming over to watch some UFC this weekend? Maybe. I think and you maybe. should. In Ganu or Miosic? Slaterville. Yeah. Marius Slaterville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one are you choosing? Say their names again. Francis and Ganu or Stipe Miosic? Miosic. 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 That's, Miosic. One. That's right. Yep, that's he sounds more, he sounds, you, he sounds like a skier. Will, who do you think will win? <laughs> and who do you want to win? <laughs> uh, the guy with the tattoos. Yeah. Are they both? Yeah. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I don't oh. think either of them have tattoos. Oh. They might not. They don't. That's, that's, that's more rare. of a rarity now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's weird. It's a good case. Oh. Yeah. Well, should we wrap this up? Yes. Okay. Thanks for Jay Woe, we appreciate you coming. All right. See ya. That is it for episode 12 of the Gorilla Social Work Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and checking it out. As always, make sure if you are enjoying the show, please share it with your friends. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz. Gorilla Social Work Podcast. G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A. Gorilla. All right, and we also want to thank J-Well, Jen Wojcikowski, for coming on the show. Fun as always to see her. Uh, next episode is a little up in the air. We're going to get that out shortly. I'm just getting back my hard drive that had all my lost data on there. So I'm kind of going through what is salvageable. Everything's kind of in a little bit of a, a different order than I'm used to. So we're going to get another one up here shortly. Don't know exactly which one that is going to be. But stay tuned. We're not going to keep you waiting too long. And we will see you later.